Welcome to Fear Free Childbirth Podcast with Alexia Leachman, the weekly nine-month podcast to help parents-to-be look forward to their fear-free childbirth. Alexia is a pregnancy and head trash clearance coach and the author of Fear Free Childbirth, How to Have a Stress-Free Pregnancy and a Positive Pain-Free Birth. As a mum who's had two fear-free and pain-free births, Alexia wants to share with you how she overcame her pregnancy and childbirth fears so that you can look forward to having a fear-free birth too. Over the nine-month life of this podcast, Alexia will be sharing some real-life stories from mums and dads, insights into the latest childbirth research, inspiring tales from birth professionals, and some tips and techniques for clearing your fears and stresses. If you would like to receive a free chapter from her book, then head over to fearfreechildbirth.com, where you can also sign up for her email series, How to Have a Stress-Free Pregnancy. But now, it's time for the show. Hello and welcome back to the Fear Free Childbirth Podcast. This is me, your host, Alexia Leachman, and thank you so much for joining me today. Now, on today's show, we're going to be talking all about inductions, the pressure to be induced, and playing the waiting game. And so it's going to be a really, really juicy one. Now, the reason I'm going to be talking about inductions this week is because this time last year, this is exactly where I was at. I was 10 days over my due date. So I was getting pressure from all sides. Now, also because I was an older mum, you know, when I was due, I was six weeks over my 40th birthday. So here in the UK, that made me high risk. And that meant I was getting pressure from my consultants to be induced at 39 weeks. So as you may have gathered, I resisted that because here I was at week 41, still no baby on the scene. So yeah, this week I really wanted to talk about inductions because this is what I was going through my mind around about now. I was thinking, oh my goodness, this time last year I was waiting to see my baby. And it was because of that waiting game experience that forced me to kind of really immerse myself in all the information and all the stuff that I've learned that I've now been privilege to share with you on this podcast. So the induction game is one that I'm all too familiar with. It really, really is. So today I really wanted to sort of talk more about that because I'm just aware that the, you know, being, having to wait to, for your little baby to arrive and, and having, wondering whether to have the sweep or the membrane or the, whatever it is that the doctors and the midwives are offering you and wondering whether you should wait and, and the messaging that you often hear from consultants and things like that can be quite scary and they often cite a lot of things that, you know, maybe things are going to be going wrong with your baby and you really should do for the safety of you and baby and, and all this kind of scary stuff is thrown at you certainly that was my own experience and it can make you feel like you really have to listen to what they're saying and go for induction that is not always the case being knowledgeable having done your research really really pays off when it comes to induction so I really wanted to thrash this one out and I wanted to do that with somebody else so I've invited on the show today Patty Good. Now, Patty Good is an empowerment expert and works with mothers and mums-to-be to help them to feel confident, calm and in control when it comes to their birth. She is also a hypnobirthing practitioner and she's been working with mums for, my goodness, over 10, 15 years or so. She really, really is incredibly knowledgeable when it comes to pregnancy, birth and motherhood. And I thought she would be perfect person to come on the show and chat about inductions with me today. So in a bit, you'll be able to hear the chat that I have with Patty. But before I hand over to that, I just have a couple of things I want to share with you. Now, today's episode is episode number 31. And that means that we're in the final trimester of the podcast because maybe I've not mentioned it enough, but this podcast is a 40 week podcast. So that puts us in the final stretch of the podcast, which when I realised this sort of, I don't know, last couple of weeks, I was like, my goodness, I really haven't said it enough on the podcast that it is a 40 week podcast. But also I've got so much great stuff that I still have to share with you that I'm now having to make decisions about which episodes are going to make it through into the current season. So um, yeah, I will, yeah, I'll, you know, whether or not the podcast finishes at 40 weeks or 41 or 42, who knows? Because as we all know, babies don't all arrive on time at week 40, do they? So who says that my podcast will finish on week 40? 
only the universe will will help us decide that one. So if you've got views as to how long we should carry on, where you think the podcast should end, maybe it should finish early at week 39. What do you think? Email me at alexia at fearfreechildbirth.com or just jump into the Facebook group, which is Fear Free Childbirth on Facebook and tell me what you think. When should the podcast end? Should I make it a complete surprise? Should I tell you when it's going to end? What episodes do you still want to hear? What stuff have I not shared with you? Just let me know. I'm all ears. As you know, I reply to every single email. So please come and let me know. Anyway, the other juicy bit of info that I want to share with you before I hand over to my chat with Patty all about inductions is this. I'm going to be launching very soon a free uh, video training series to help you to clear your fears around pregnancy, birth and all that good stuff. As you know, for me, what I want to help you do is to have a fear-free childbirth because that is going to help you to have the most positive and empowered experience as possible. And I want to, sh- and I've shared with you already on the podcast a tool to help you to clear your fears. And so I'm going to be going into a lot more detail as to how you use that tool so that you can clear your fears of childbirth if you have any. And so if you want to be on the list of people that get that first, then you need to sign up. And again, that link will be in the podcast show notes for today's episode, which you'll be able to find at fearfreechildbirth.com forward slash inductions. So if you want to be on the list that gets that free three-part video training series first before anybody else to clear your fears, maybe you're due and you really want to clear this stuff out the way really quickly, then get your name on the list so you can get that nice and quick. Okay, enough of all the juicy stuff. Now I'm going to hand over the time that I spoke to Patty all about the induction game, the pressure to be induced, how to cope with it and the kind of things that you can do to prepare yourself and to better handle it. I hope you enjoy the show. Well, welcome, Patty, to the Fear Free Childbirth podcast. Thank you for joining me today. Brilliant. Thanks for having me. Well, today we're going to be talking about inductions and having a bit of a chit chat all about, you know, whether we should wait, the risks of waiting and all that stuff. But before we dive into all that, would you mind just telling the listeners a little bit about who you are and how you came to do the work that you do? Ah, interesting story. Um, Well, Alexia, I work as an empowerment expert for motherhood. Uh, So what does that mean? Well, part of my job is working as a therapist. I use alternative techniques and energy psychology techniques to help women really turn their baggage into blessings, to really clear out the stuff that's holding them back and empower them to step forward in a way that is healthy and joyful and happy. Um, So that's a big part of my business. I've specialized in the kind of more unusual, more traumatic side, so lots of fertility work, pregnancy, um, getting over a bad birth, postnatal depression, um, losing a child, a lot of work in that area. And then added to all that was hypnobirthing, which started in about 2003, which I absolutely fell in love with immediately. The idea that women could have a more empowered birth experience, that they could potentially reduce or eliminate um, the amount of pain or discomfort involved was just fabulous to me. So I became a hypnobirthing practitioner. I then took hypnobirthing out to South Africa and became the practitioner trainer um, for three years out there from 2010 to 2013 and trained lots of lovely ladies so that hypnobirthing is now a thriving um, birth culture in South Africa, mm, which is absolutely fabulous. Amazing. Um, I'm also a trained doula. Um, And as a result of my work out in South Africa for the last few years, I set up something called My Birth, My Choice, which is an online toolkit to educate and empower women to make much better birth choices for Mm. themselves and their babies. Mm. And that toolkit has launched in South Africa, and I'm gearing up for an international launch, which is very exciting. Excellent. Yeah, well, it's very much about helping women kind of take control and feel great. Which is perfect. So you're the perfect person to be chatting all about inductions with, because obviously the main thing that you help women with is to have that empowerment, have that positive yeah. choice. So they can have an amazing yeah. experience. So 
Now, um, when I think about where I was at, so just a little bit of context for the listeners that maybe don't know a little bit of my story, is that I was an older mum when I was due last year. And when I say older mum, which obviously put me into this high risk category here in the UK, but I was six weeks past my 40th birthday, which obviously... Right. <laughs> ancient, <laughs> I know, I know that made me so high risk. So, um, I, you know, I, I was suddenly in another category, which meant I had to see a consultant regularly. And the consultant advised me early on in my pregnancy that, at week 39 I would be induced so I had my appointment with her in week 39 and I was prepared for the meeting that I was going to have and um, I'll just share with you how that went is that okay Patty because it's kind of right interesting in terms of what she said so I just had the midwife bit you know where they're checking your blood pressure they're checking your all that good stuff and everything was going fine. Baby was fine. Growth was fine. Bump was fine. All that good stuff. Blood pressure, everything. And she said, yeah, I know everything's really, really good. But um, you know what? Your placenta might stop sustaining baby any minute now. And we would really <laughs> rather you didn't have a deliver a stillborn baby because that would be traumatic for everybody. <sighs> <laughs> wow can you believe that yeah no that's hectic that's pretty pretty hardcore but I was lucky because I was prepared for this kind of encounter and so when she started sharing stillborn words like stillborn traumatic you know stop sustaining baby these kind of things which I think is really terrible language to be using with a mum who is agreed at yeah. 39 weeks um but fortunately I was kind of prepared and I just said well what evidence do you have for this? And I'd done my research. Now, women get fed this line a lot, don't they? Those yeah. that kind of yeah, yeah, go yeah. over or that, that might be a little bit older. What, what's your perspective on that? What do you know about this that you'd like to share? Well, I think one of the things that I would, would look at is, you know, with you, you knew quite a long time in advance that that was going to be on the agenda, just because you've been put into that high-risk category, you know, you had your reasons, you were seeing the consultant, and that kind of induction thing gets put on the table. And a lot of women sort of ignore it and go, mm. oh, well, I'll deal with that when I get to it, versus the other option of going, hang on a minute, do I really want this? And mm. Many, many women are not aware of the, the physiology of what's going on with their body. So if you look at the uterus, it has three different muscle layers, but there are two that are actively involved with giving birth, with having a contraction to get the baby out. And one muscle layer is completely independent of any stress that the woman is feeling. It's just going to do its job. It's literally going to push the baby out. But there's a lower muscle layer, it's the circular muscle layer, that opens, that's the muscle layer that physically opens up to allow your baby down and out of your body. Mm. And that muscle layer is completely dependent on stress hormone. Mm. So if you're stressed, it doesn't work efficiently. Mm. So what's happening is that the baby's head starts to push against this hard, unrelenting muscle layer. Now, if we put that in the context of induction, Induction actually stimulates that exact response in the body. So it mm. stimulates one muscle layer to push and the other muscle layer not to open. Goodness. And so just from a pure common sense perspective, why would you put yourself in a situation where your body is not able to work efficiently? Mm. Now, I understand that's also quite scary. And the good news is that there are lots of ways around that. The more deeply relaxed you are, the better prepared you are, your body releases endorphins, and that allows that lower circular muscle layer to open much more efficiently. Mm. So there are lots of things that you can empower yourself to do to ensure your body works efficiently. But what I would say to women is don't, don't wait until it's the last minute. Mm. Actually mention your preferences for not being induced early and often so that your caregiver is very aware that you are wanting to allow your baby to come in its own time. Mm. 
Mm. Now, it's interesting what you say about those two muscles, because a lot of women do report that when they are induced, it just becomes the whole labor becomes a lot more intense or or brutal yeah. or painful or yeah. And it, yeah, and it doesn't really go because it's not going at nature's pace. It just feels a lot more intense. And that's when they end up requesting other kind of medication like pain relief, because it Absolutely. does just feel. And so is that really down to those two muscles that are kind of not even working together, basically? Absolutely. I mean, we see it with normal birth because more than 80% of women are going into birth terrified. Mm. Okay. There's some degree of fear about some part of it. And let's face it. I mean, everything you've heard is terrible virtually, mm. you know, everything you've seen on TV is awful. Um, it's the unknown, certainly for first time moms. And there may be pain involved. Are you kidding? You want me to relax in the face of all that lot? Yeah. So it's very, very normal for women to feel scared. Um, and then what happens is that they, they think their caregiver knows best and so they hand over their birth in that regard. And it does, it sets up this relationship where um, it's much more intense, much more quickly. Mm. And then we start seeing the epidural being added. The epidural, in a way, starts to cancel out the effect of the induction mm. uh, chemicals. And so it sets up this dynamic where one is like fighting with the other. And then, unsurprisingly, your baby gets into distress, you're in distress, and, and you might be on your way to a C-section. In fact, caregivers call that the slippery slope of intervention. Mm. Yeah, or the so, cascade of interventions, isn't it, as well? It's called absolutely. That. Yeah. So it's, that induction is absolutely key. And I appreciate for some women, there is no way around it. There might be a medical indication that means that they have to have it, but there are also really positive things that those women can do to help themselves, to help that process be much um, calmer and gentler on the body, that the body's better prepared for it mm. if it does happen. Mm. So what kind of things could the mother do? then to help prepare her sure well i mean firstly state your preferences early and often mm. um one of my absolute hands down favorites is acupuncture mm. um because this deals with the physical aspect of helping the body to prepare and it deals with the mental aspect because mm. there's something really reassuring that happens when a woman goes I've got that appointment in the diary. Mm. And depending on just how much pressure she's under, she could have a first session maybe five or six days before her, uh, the date that, that the caregivers want to induce, and then another session two days later, and then another session three days later. Mm. And what happens is that, you know, firstly choose an acupuncturist who's completely trained in, in, in working with pregnant women. Um, but they can start the body really gently to encourage that ripening, that readiness process. And then they can, they can increase um, the effectiveness of what they're doing based on, on, on kind of getting further along. So the first mm. session starting really gently and then increasing it and then increasing it. Mm. And I've had many women who have left an acupuncture appointment already showing signs of um, contractions. Mm. And again, if, if the woman has managed to buy time, that process could be started. So for example, on on your due date, um, and then a few days later, and then a few days later. Um, and then if she is induced, if, if that is what happens, the body's much better prepared. It's like, mm. oh, okay, this is happening now, but I'm actually in a state of readiness to cope with this much, much better. Mm. So for women who don't need to be induced, as well as those who need to be induced, that can really just take the mental aspect and go, <sighs> I've got support. Mm. I've got this in the diary. I know this will help. Mm. And, and they can deal with the situation much more calmly mm. from there. Mm. I know I, I turned to acupuncture when I was this time last year. And I know that, well, I had issues around my due date. So my due date hadn't been calculated correctly, <laughs> in my opinion. So even though I was given the 20th of September when I'd recalculated it, it was nearer the first week of October. So in my head, I was quite relaxed because I was like, well, these guys, these consultants, they don't, you know, they've got the date wrong, you know. And so, but I, I turned to it right at the end. For me, it was one of my last resorts and I ended up having two sessions of acupuncture. 
Um, and then baby, I think, turned up a couple of days after that. So I never had my third. So, um, yeah, certainly I don't know whether that worked for me. But actually, when my little one arrived, the, the midwife said she looked ripe. She looked like she was born on time, not two weeks late, like, yeah. like everybody thought. So I think, you know, just talking about due dates, it's really worth doing your homework about due dates. And I have got a podcast episode all about due dates and how the current method that's used is not even based on science. And if you want to calculate your <laughs> due date, do, should we have a little bit of a laugh about that quickly? Yes, go for it. <laughs> yes, it's based on an idea in the Bible. Come on, ladies, this is crazy. You know, like we haven't had babies for the last 2000 years or so, and we haven't learnt how long humans take to gestate. Um, but there are other ways that you can calculate it based on scientific research. And I give away those in a little cheat sheet. So I could include a link to that cheat sheet within the podcast show notes, which you'll be able to find on today's episode at fearfreechildbirth.com forward slash induction. But back to today. So in terms of inductions, now the other thing that I wanted to talk about was some of the other methods that we could use or approaches or top tips for kind of maybe stimulating labour, triggering labour to avoid that induction nightmare. So what Mm. other techniques? There's so many, aren't there? There are so many. I mean, there is a lovely one that's referred to as hugs before drugs, Mm. (laughs) which kind of encompasses any sort of intimate um, connection between Mm. um, the husband and wife or the the two partners. Um, And this would be sex because the prostaglandins in the semen actually help to thin and uh, ripen the cervix. Mm. Um, And then any sort of other um, sexual sensual stimulation, kissing, nipple stimulation, clitoral stimulation, because of the release of oxytocin that happens naturally with that, that release of of hormone can actually stimulate the start of of the contractions. Mm. And there is a lovely story from Anna Mae Gaskin, who's, you know, in the real forefront mm. of the natural birth movement. And she set up this amazing place called The Farm in the States where all these women have these amazing natural births. And in fact, you know, the, the, I think their Caesar rate is like 1%. I mean, it's wow. just like unheard of that they've managed that. And what they do is when a woman is showing signs that the the, the labor is starting, and even before that, they encourage them to go into what they call a love nest. Oh, lovely. (laughs) That's really cool. They're really happy. I love it. It's very much that idea that that lovely, that, you know, the two drugs you want kind of coursing through your body are endorphins, which is Mm. that wonderful feel good, and oxytocin, which is going to encourage the contractions. And Mm. so going into an intimate space with your partner in a darkened room, um, you know, all the kind of great vibes usually that, that put the baby in there. I mean, not yeah. always, but, you know, kind of that, that's what you're, you're aiming for. So that's one way. And then, of course, the lovely stories about spicy food, yeah. um, which gets the digestion going. And that can also just help to encourage the process. Um, and then something you and I are very passionate about, <laughs> which is fear release. Like, yes. Yeah rid of the gremlins that that are lurking in your head and in Mm. your body. I mean, Mm. we don't think about fear being in our body, but it's such a visceral experience. It's not always um, a case of just being in your head. You know, for a woman who's had a traumatic first birth, that's not a story for her. That's physical cell Mm. memory. And the brilliant news is that there are such amazing cutting-edge energy psychology techniques. You know, you yeah. use your uh, regenerative uh, reprogramming. I use something called body talk. I use mm. the um, EFT to really help the body clear out stuff that it may be holding on to. And think about it, holding on. And, of course, what, what's happening to your cervix? Literally holding on. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> And we want everything to release, to relax, to let go. Absolutely. um, I know, and I just invite women to think, you know, anyone listen to this, if you think that fear doesn't kind of live in your body, it's like the minute you notice a fearful thought notice what's happening in your body when you have that thought what do do your arms tense slightly does your shoulder tense slightly do you get a slight migraine does the your head tighten at the back in your neck this is where fear is living in your body and it may be if with a traumatic first birth that that is actually living in your thighs I know that when I I had traumas around birth that I had to clear and whenever I thought of birth my legs would tighten and I crossed my legs 
And interesting. So, isn't that interesting? What a baby is not going to come out if you tighten that area and cross <laughs> oh, your legs. Cross your legs. Yes. So for me Ew. to relax and to surrender to birth, my body had to let go of that fear. Not only my mind, because a lot of mine wasn't even conscious. It was from my own birth. So this wasn't in my conscious memory. This is in my body and my subconscious. So you can't just say to the subconscious, hey, just let that go. You've got to really work and clear it out of mind and body. And that's why I think these energetic techniques are so powerful and perfect for birth preparation, because they clear them out of, out of mind and body. And it's the body bit that is the really, really, Really important bit it is and they're super fast yeah <laughs> like in comparison to, to traditional you know talk therapies like you're talking about sometimes minutes yeah. to actually release a phobia a fear a, you know, whatever that thing is and of mm. course they, they, there may be more than one there might be more stuff going on I actually offer a birth release program to actually walk women through that because mm. every single case is completely unique i had a mom the other day who arrived she was a third time mom who said to me i'm just convinced my cervix is not going to open on her mm. third baby she's like where did that come from yeah and um oh we did such amazing stuff with her to help her release that and just really prepare physically mentally and emotionally for mm. that birth experience and she mm. just had an absolute amazing oh birth. see isn't that just amazing to ha to find that out as well knowing that this when, i know this stuff works you know this stuff works when you hear stories like that it just kind of adds a whole layer of warm fuzziness to the whole thing doesn't it It really does i just wish women would go and immerse themselves in loads mm. and loads and loads of positive stories mm. ahead of their birth that mm. really instilling that oh my body is so perfectly designed for this mm. and which brings me on to one other point which i really think helps with avoiding an unnecessary induction which is support mm. and um, for a lot of women having a doula um, working with um, an independent midwife my birth I was I was 10 days over but I had two phenomenal independent midwives so there was never any mention of induction it just wasn't even mentioned and in fact I had three weeks of what's called prodromal labor which is like three weeks of labor eight <laughs> hours of contractions and then nothing for a day and a half and then another 12 hours of contractions three minutes apart and then nothing oh it was just inc oh it was just unreal that sort of waiting period and went on for three weeks mm, wow. um, and that is absolutely no way that I could not have done that with the my own uh, tools energy tools that I knew as well as the support that I had because I had an independent midwif midwifery team um, mm. there was there was no mention ever of induction so mm. getting somebody on your side hypnobirthing is amazing because it gets the dad on your team mm. you know partner on your team mm. and they understand what's going on and that level of support is really crucial in being able to stand your ground and going in the absence of any medical indication thank you very much I'd like to wait mm. Mm. and that's something else I'd like to stress is that safety is absolutely key in this and you know we're talking about waiting with good monitoring mm. making sure that you are being seen regularly by your caregivers mm. making sure that that there is no medical indication mm. and then doing stuff yourself making sure that you have an awareness of the kicks and an awareness of your baby's movement mm. something that most women aren't aware of is that the placenta actually amplifies stress hormone so mm. if the baby gets um distressed in any way very often the mom will feel that and they go oh something's not right and they're like you know and people are going oh but you know oh, how, you know how do you know that and it's because of that amplification of the placenta mm. and um and really trust that mm. absolutely you know, every single time I've worked with a mom where she said, I just had a feeling, boy, that's the time you, you get support. Mm -hmm. So no, just talking about the monitoring, I know when I just going back to my story, when I mentioned to the uh, the consultant that was trying to pressure me to have an induction at 39 weeks, and I asked her to present the evidence for that um, yeah. behind that, that, you know, that could substantiate her claims that my placenta was going to basically stop and I was, you know, risking my baby. And she wasn't able to do that because I'd already looked at research and I 
um, that I'm happy to share again in the podcast show notes. And what she was using was um, using some stats for some 1954 research that's been widely dismissed by the midwifery community. And when I said that to her, she completely backed down and said, oh, well, I'll come back in three weeks then. And I was like, whoa, hang on a minute. One minute you want me to be induced tomorrow. And now, because I've just shot a hole in your ridiculous argument that I need to be induced you've given me another three weeks and so that was kind of interesting for me because it made me realize that they really are just doing this to cover their backs and to protect themselves against future potential litigation and that's pretty much what my midwife said to me as well she goes we basically we get sued a lot from mums so they are literally they're running a risk management practice they're not running a women health care they're not out looking for you they're looking out to cover their backs which might sound a bit harsh but certainly that has been my own personal experience and that's all I can speak from but I just want to talk about monitoring because I did end up going in for regular monitoring certainly when I'd reached my 41st week maybe or 40th week I then said no I'm not going to be induced but I'm happy to come in for monitoring so I went in every two days for monitoring and that experience in itself can be highly stressful now for me I'm somebody that is has been working using my head trash clearance method to clear my own stuff I've been you know, it's my it's one of my weekly practices. I might be clearing head trash using uh, reflective repatterning two or three times a week. And throughout my pregnancy, I was doing it pretty much daily, getting rid of fears and stresses to make sure that my body could be in the most calm, stress free state. But going in for monitoring. Oh, my goodness. I was not ready for what a stressful experience that mm-hmm. was. For a start, I was in hospital, which I didn't want to be. I wanted to be at home. I wanted a home birth. And I was yeah. like, this is the last place I want to be if I end up going into labor. I need to get home. But, you know, being put there with a, a monitoring thing on your bump, hearing the beeping and, and the midwife mm. said to me, oh, well, we need to make sure the numbers between, I don't know, 80 and 120 or something. And if it goes over that, then baby's distressed and we need to look at it. So obviously then I'm focusing on the numbers on the thing. Yeah. And, and yeah. because your their heart rate is fluctuating because of the contractions or the Braxton Hicks, whatever's going on, the numbers are going beyond what she was saying. So immediately I was like, oh, something's wrong, something's wrong. And I thought, you know what, this is not helping. So I blocked out that machine. I covered it with a cardigan that I had with me (laughs) and I put on my headphones a meditation track and I just went into breathing and I just meditated for half an hour, blocking out anything else in that unit because just being there was stressful. And I think they're putting you in a state where you're focusing on these numbers that really you can't look at them in isolation it's a trend that's more important they yeah. come and they look at your printout don't they afterwards and they look at the pattern yeah. of how baby's responding to your Braxton Hicks or contractions if you're having any and that is what's important not the absolute number that might be showing up at yeah. any one moment and they don't they don't they don't position it like that when they share it with you and I think sure. mums could be super stressed at that moment and again that's just going to delay the onset of labor isn't it absolutely i think i mean something to bear in mind with that i'm i've spent three and a half years in south africa working with women who are in a system of private gynecology and a 73 percent caesar rate and i have heard every piece of horrendous information chucked at women you can you can't even begin to fathom Mm. and something that i i like to talk about is take your power back Like in that situation, they're just doing their job. Going into that situation and fighting against it and thinking, I don't want to be here and why are they doing this? And that kind of like, you know, the system should change idea is not actually going to get you anywhere. Mm. And what you did is absolutely fantastic. If you have armed yourself with relaxation through your pregnancy, if you understand and have integrated good breathing techniques, hypnobirthing is fantastic for that, um, you can go, okay, I'm in this situation. I don't really want to be in this situation, but I'm going to choose what I focus on. Mm. And you allow yourself having um, a relaxation on earphones will be an amazing way to just block out the sounds that are going on around you. Um, Take yourself into that relaxation. If you've practiced it again and again and again, it will be integrated into your body so it will be easier to drop into that place. Take a friend with you if you Mm -hmm. can so that you've got something else to talk about if you want to be having a conversation, but that your focus is not on the, oh my God, aspect of what's going on. I had um, a lovely client who... 
um, started, um, her fluid started leaking really quite early on from about 32 weeks. And again, they wanted to induce immediately. And they were really clever. And they said, you know, in the absence of any other indication, we know the fluid is replenishing. Can we just wait? And they said, okay, we can do that. Again, usually they say yes, unless, mm. you know, you, you need to be rushed in for a Caesar. Um, usually they say yes. And so she bought time and she had to go in and get monitored every couple of days. And the nurse popped in and said, listen, I, I just need to pop back and give you an injection or take blood. or It was something to do with, with having a needle. And she didn't think anything of it. You know, she did, that wasn't scary for her. But her baby's heart rate went up immediately because she was being monitored. She could see it. Mm. And the lovely friend that she was with said to her, why don't you do um, your four and eight breathing from hypnobirthing? And within a few minutes, the baby's heart rate had come right down. Mm. It was such a clear indication. She didn't even think she was scared. That wasn't a big deal for her. There was a physical response immediately. And then her response to that is what helped to actually bring baby's heart rate down mm. and helped her stay in a much calmer place. Mm. And so the message is so clear. This is about empowering yourself. Your emotional well-being during your pregnancy is not the responsibility of your caregiver unless you've paid for a private independent midwife and then that's a different relationship. But for the most part, that's your responsibility. Mm. Take care of yourself. Take, make sure that you release your fear. Make sure that you are, um, that you do have really, really good techniques. And it's not a case of having good information in your head. Information in your head is not going to help you during your birth. What's going to help you is deep relaxation in your body so mm -hmm. that your body can function efficiently. Mm -hmm. I think what's really interesting about that story you've just shared as well is that even though we might not feel consciously stressed about something, some things can just be so low level and so beneath the surface for us that we don't notice it. We don't feel anything. We don't think we're noticing anything, but our body is noticing it. And that's the important thing I think that we need to sort of stress here is within pregnancy, yeah. your body is picking up on these stresses. And so even though you might be feeling okay in your head, it doesn't matter. There's your body that you need to be taken into consideration too. And if your body is stressed, then baby will pick up on that. And that's what you've just highlighted in that story that I think it's really important that no matter how minor the little stress or the fear or the niggle or annoyance, yeah. whatever it is, you just got to get rid of all of it because your body on some level is responding. And the best way that you're going to be able to give birth like a, like a, like a, like, you know, like a, a woman that is tapping into the power of nature so that there is literally nothing in the way so that your baby can be birthed in the most incredible way that nature intended is for you to just get rid of all that stuff out of your mind and body and that's why for me yeah. clearing the mind of fear which results in body clearing of fear is what is going to help to assure that you do yeah. you, know, you do birth in, in an incredible way that's going to be best for you and baby and I think, Alexia, one of the things that's so key that you've highlighted in that is it's having the tools mm. because you can't deal with every single, like, you know, there's always going to be new stuff flung at you. Yeah. But it's being able to go, you know what, I've got the tools to deal with that. Mm. Mm. And I, I, I know that I can trust myself, that I can trust my body. And one of the things I love to remind women of is your body has just grown eyeballs and yeah. <laughs> fingernails and a cardiovascular system and lungs. And, you know, like it's not going to go into full system meltdown <laughs> trying to get the baby out. No, I know. And it's, yeah, it's brilliant. I mean, just saying that is so obvious, isn't it? And yet so yeah. many women forget that. It's, you've yeah. just grown a human being. Yes, a <laughs> human being. Yeah, nature wouldn't let you down at the final gate. No, you with know. knee joints and hip joints and a spinal cord. I mean, like, yeah. 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 No, absolutely not. I'm so glad you mentioned that. I'm so glad you mentioned that. And also, and now I've completely lost what I'm going to say. <laughs> <laughs> well, I've got just a couple of other great reminders for moms. Okay, go on. Is that only 5% of babies are actually born on their due date. Mm. That means there's an error rate of 95%. <laughs> and that the normal gestation period is actually, when you calculate it, it it's... Um, is 35 days the, the the period of of normal when it 
the window you mean the window the that window. they might that's what i'm that's trying to say <laughs> window of birthing a normal healthy baby yeah it's actually 35 days of normal mm. so that's over a month that's mm. over a month of what's considered normal and also there's some other research that again I'll share as part of the podcast show notes that says that if women are just left to birth naturally without any intervention the majority of births happen in weeks 41 40 and 41 and there's a real spike or a bell curve over those two weeks and there's still quite a lot of births that happen naturally at week 42 as many as in week 39 so there really is no pressure there's nothing wrong if your baby wants to come out later then that's completely okay you know we are all we all progress at different times we all grow at different you know you look at if you look at a classroom full of teenage boys at the age of 12 <laughs> how different are they in size yeah. you know yeah. some of them are growing at very different rates and they'll be ready their voices will be breaking at different times women get periods at different times Lately. you know how can you say oh well because we all arrive on week 40 it's just sheer yeah, nonsense to think that way and i think the other thing i came across a lovely piece of research the other day you know there's always been some debate about what actually starts the labor process mm. and the latest research is showing that there are molecular mechanisms within the fetal lungs that initiate labor. Mm. So it's, it's, it's a lot, and a lot of that lung development and certainly brain development happens in those last few weeks. Mm. Like, why would you deprive your baby of that for mm. some sort of arbitrary date mm. that, that, you know, in the absence of a, of, of a medical circumstance? Mm. Um, and I love knowing that the baby decides. I love knowing that the baby goes, you know what? I'm cooked now. Yeah. <laughs> I can come out. I've got to share with you, my two, my, with my two little ones, my first daughter, who was, she came five days after her due date. And um, I kept, because I speak, I spoke to both my daughters when they were in my tummy uh, regularly as I was waiting for them, even throughout my pregnancy. And um, I would just sort of ask some random questions like, you know, are you okay? Are you happy? Are you comfortable? Are there any fears that you have that I need to clear? Because, you know, so as all, all these questions were things that I would sort of ask. And then on my first one, because we knew accidentally, the midwife accidentally told us that we were having a girl and we didn't want to know. <laughs> I was very, very annoyed. So in the last weeks, I had gone in for a scan because she was breached. Um, they said, oh, no, it's fine. She's turned. I was like, she? Oh, I didn't want to know that piece of information. <laughs> so we ended up picking a name before birth. And yeah. then I just randomly said to her, you know, do you like your name? And then she said, no. And it's like, <laughs> Oh, <laughs> and I said, is that, do you, do you want us to, you know, basically the, the upshot of the conversation was that she wasn't going to come out until we changed her name. Okay. So wow. we, the, we, I had to have a very difficult conversation with the other half to say, look, she doesn't like her name. And he's thinking, what, 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 you're talking to her? What are you, you mad? Um, and when we finally agreed to say, okay, we won't give you that name. We'll think of another one, but give us a bit of time to think about that. Um, she arrived the next day. Um, so that was, yeah, that's interesting. They kind yeah. of, they know stuff, you know. And oh, then with that <laughs> absolutely do. I heard the whole, the reason I got into the birth area was that I ended up at a talk by Sabon Fusome, who's a West African ritual healer and talks a lot about birth. And um, when I got the email invite to that event, I felt like someone had pulled my chest and I was like, whoa, I'll be going to that then. And I sat next to a doula and I was like, I do what? I had no idea what any of it was about. But she told this phenomenal story about one of the women in their tribe who kept having a dream about a certain name for her baby. And she said, I can't name my baby this. I've agreed that it's going to have um, either her mother or her mother-in-law's name. But it was a, it was a family name. And Sabonfu had said to her, be careful with that. That baby is telling you so clearly what it wants its name to be. Anyway, the baby was born and it was named after said family member. And about three or four later, if four, three or four years later, this little girl was playing and she was running through the park and she turned around to her mother and said, Mommy, my name is not this, it's Dar. Oh, wow. And came out with the exact name. <laughs> I just had shivers going down my back. I know, I know. And another amazing story that one of my uh, clients came out with was that she'd had a little girl and, um, and a few years later was pregnant with the next one. 
and she'd listened to a piece of classical music so often during her first pregnancy, she eventually got sick of it and she chucked, it was a cassette back in those days, and she chucked the cassette in the back of the cupboard. And a few years later, this little girl that she'd had um, was digging through the back of the cupboard, found the cassette and put it on and the music started to play and she ran to her mother going, Mommy, Mommy, it's the before music. It's the before music. Oh, wow. I know. Amazing. And so it just is amazing. Max said to me the other day, Max is my six-year-old, he said, Mom, you know, it was really uncomfortable hanging upside down for all that time. <laughs> Brilliant, brilliant, brilliant. Anyway. Now, the other thing, the I just wanted to share another one about my latest daughter, the one that arrived, oh, nearly a year ago today. Um, and she, um, she, when I was asking her the same questions leading up to her birth, one thing that came up, you know, I kept asking her every day, are you, you know, are you okay? Are you happy? Is there, are there any emotions or negative emotions that are stopping you from coming out? Are you scared? You know, all that kind of stuff. And it's always a no, it's always a no. And then one day it was a yes. I was like, oh, what? So I had to ask some more questions because I can only do yes or no answers. You know, that's the way I communicate with them, with her. And, um, she ended up having a fear of being born and a fear of the birthing journey. And I ended up working for an hour and a half with her using these energetic techniques to clear her fear of being born. And she came the next day. So, um, and she ended up arriving in the amniotic sac. And I truly believe that she kept the sac as protection for the journey out because of her fear. And, um, and yeah, so there could be all sorts of reasons why your baby isn't ready. And so I really think opening up that dialogue with your baby is just, and, and the only way that you can really connect and maybe get a response back, you know, sometimes I would hear the responses in my head, as it were, in a very strange way. And other times I would use dowsing to get the answers or muscle testing. Yeah. And, um, you know, so, but you, it's very difficult to do any of those things. If you, if you have so much clutter or fear in your own mind, you really need to be in a really good, clear, present, mindful place where you can really connect in that kind of mindful, present moment, you yeah. know? So that's another reason why I think it's really good practice throughout your pregnancy to clear all your fears and Absolutely. stuff so you can be in that, you know, that kind of, um, that moment of just stillness where you can really connect and understand what your baby's trying yeah. to tell you. I think that's such a gift of pregnancy. You know, it's the one time that women really tune in mm. and they are so much more receptive. They're so much more suggestible in that state. You know, it's actually such um, a precious, vulnerable space to take care of. And I'm not meaning that they're vulnerable and they can't do things, but having an awareness of that sacred time and having that bond, that connection with the, your baby and using that space to go inward, to have that stillness, to have that quiet time is such a gift of pregnancy. Mm. I think it's such beautiful preparation for motherhood. Mm-hmm. And I think some of the women that maybe choose to work right into the last minute are kind of just not allowing themselves the opportunity to really indulge in that moment that is not really going to come again for them, you know. Yeah. And it's a shame to kind of work so late to really kind of use if you can have a month off or whatever it is before the baby arrives to really use that. Yeah. And actually it's amazing how busy that time can be when it yeah. comes to kind of birth preparation and the appointments. And for me, reading all the research and the evidence to yeah. kind of keep the consultants at bay. <laughs> I'm my goodness. I was like being back at university. I was like studying hardcore, but you know, but again, spending time doing those practices that can bring you, closer to baby and, and in a better place for that birthing moment yeah. it's really invaluable for me and I would never change that yeah now. yeah and noticing as well that that knowledge for you was also connection with your baby you know mm. that you did that research and every mom is different and and there are going to be those women who work right up until the last minute and it's also respecting their choice to do that and and in their own way making space mm. making space for that new little person that is entering you know making it work for you with your lifestyle mm. absolutely because we don't all have the opportunity to be able to do that yeah brilliant well listen this has been <gasps> such, a, such a fascinating conversation patty is there anything else when it comes to induction that we kind of haven't mentioned that you think is really worth mentioning for mums that are at that moment that you know oh i'm being pressured and, and i really want to try and resist and what the risk i mean is there anything we haven't talked about that we should no, i just think trust your body trust your baby and and you know just do your homework do mm. your homework arm yourself with with really good tools and techniques 
um, all my tips will be on your your PDF yeah. download. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, the message is there is lots that you can do to help yourself. So do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So thank you, Patty. Now, so as we've mentioned, there's lots of information we'd love to share with you. So Patty's created a top tips PDF that you can grab a free straight from the podcast show notes at uh, fearfreetrialbirth.com forward slash induction also i've mentioned research and all that kind of stuff where you can read about the evidence that exists around the risks of waiting and all that stuff so i'll include links to all those things in the download as well so that if you want to start reading and learning about this and really getting your um you know educating yourself about the risk so you can be confident in your decision then all that information will be available in the free download and i've also popped in a a, a free relaxation for calm pregnancy so moms can start relaxing immediately wow what a treat what a treat so we've got loads for you here ladies we're absolutely loads thank you so much once again for sharing everything that you have today patty it's just been fantastic but before you go would you mind just telling the listeners where they can find out more about you online if they want to sort of follow up and check out what you're doing absolutely they can uh, visit pattygood.com that's p-a-t-t-i-g-o-o-d.com and um, they can find me on facebook under my birth my choice i've actually just changed my facebook page to empowered motherhood and um I think that's actually still sitting at uh, Happy Mum Expert. And my YouTube channel is Happy Mum Expert. Okay. Well, they can go find lots of resources there. I'm going to have all those links in the podcast show notes for today's episode, which is at fearfreechildbirth.com forward slash induction. So thank you once more, Patty, for joining me today on the Fear Free Childbirth podcast. Brilliant. Thanks so much for having me. Well, I hope you enjoyed that chat that I had with Patty. Now, I'm sure you noticed that we shared loads of really useful information during that chat. So, you know, I made references to lots of research, stuff that I found really useful when I was facing my pressure to be induced. So there's lots of links that I want to share with you. And also, Patty has been massively brilliant. She's prepared a really great little download to help you with all her top tips to handle induction and the pressure to be induced and the things that can help you to if it's the right thing for you to do to wait for your baby to come naturally so she's created a brilliant little top tip download cheat sheet whatever you want to call it for you there but she's also very generously giving away a free relaxation audio as well because one of the things you find at this time is it can be quite stressful waiting but what your baby needs what your body needs more than more than anything is to stay relaxed and to be in a really good happy calm place so she's giving away a free audio and you can get all the details on how you can get hold of that free audio in our free download for the episode for today. So yes, the free download that you can get for today's episode, you can find it in the podcast show notes at forward slash inductions, that's fearfreechildbirth.com forward slash inductions. And in that free download, you'll have all her top tips, details on how you can get that free relaxation audio, as well as links to all the research and all the other useful stuff that I found super, super interesting to read to help me to become better prepared and and be able to speak and bat away the consultants and the midwives with confidence, knowing that I was doing the right thing for me and my baby. So all that stuff is available for you so that you can be better armed to make the right decision for you. Because remember, resisting induction isn't always the thing that you should be doing. If your baby needs to come out, your baby needs to come out and you need to respect what the doctor is saying to you if there is a medical need for them. So I hope again that you've enjoyed today's episode and I will see you again next time. Bye for now. Thank you for tuning in. You've just been listening to Alexia Leachman from the Fear Free Childbirth podcast. If you enjoyed the show, she'd really love it if you left a review on iTunes or Stitcher or shared it with a friend. And don't forget, to get a free chapter from her book, head over to fearfreechildbirth.com to get your copy, as well as finding other episodes in this podcast and more about how Alexia can help you with pregnancy and birth preparation coaching. Until next time.